Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by the magical beard of fantasy himself. Oh, he is the writer of trade calls. He is Matt Franciscovich. What's up? Trade calls. Trade calls. Bye, bye, bye. Just a reflex now. I get trade calls. <laughs> what's up? We've got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhart. What's cracking? Uh, just getting my internet sorted out here. For some reason, I was not connected. And oh, that way to be prepared. Useful. Oh wow! Okay. It, the things don't always work here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my internet's fine. Well, good for you. I'm prepared. Good for you. Shocking. Uh, we've got one half of the fantasy hipsters, the creator of Reception Perception. We do have Matt Harmon. What's up? Hey man. Hey. What's up? Uh, someone said the mics are crackling and the audio is in and out on the Facebook broadcast. It usually evens out. Oh, we yeah, always get that complaint yeah, right away. Calm down, people. So, right. well, you listen, I care about the people and them getting quality, uh, you okay. know, li- listening ability to our magical words about okay. uh, about fantasy football. Did, did magical I also, words of fantasy. Did I also not just say not everything works here all the time? <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> we should be well, not everything this. always works in life. Sometimes things are broken. <clears throat> That's true. We got producer Chris good here lesson. as well. What's up, man? My heart. Good morning, guys. Great to be with you on this Monday. Rocking the glasses today. Yeah, rocking okay. the glasses. Victory Monday yeah. for the Chargers. Victory Monday. What a what a victory nice it was. Stub up center, huh? Oh yes. I a very pretty... suffocating powder blue defense. Suffocating. I appreciated them shutting out the Broncos because I I made a big stink about uh, streaming the Chargers defense. Right. So. Nice. They were sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky play. You're kind of, play. You're no, kind of on fire. With the two in a row with like yeah. outrageously yeah. overperforming streaming defenses. Right. So we'll what was see. it the week before? The Saints. The Saints, right? Yep. I was oh, I was man. hyping up the Saints, and then yeah. this week was the Chargers. So Look at you. Look I at love defensive it. whisper. I like it. I like it no a lot. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> right into a two-week win streak, but okay. Um, no, we've got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about the waiver wire, break it all down. Alex Galehar uh, writes a terrific piece there, nfl.com slash waiver wire, if you want to go check it out. We'll talk about your top performers. We'll break down the performance of Amari Cooper. We shall talk about Derek Carr as well. Of course, give you your biggest disappointments, including Cam Newton. What's going on there? Ugh. And we will get to every damn game as well. We'll finish out your show with a round of daily daps but we start your show as always with your top fantasy headlines 
News. 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 Breaking news. Uh, Carson Palmer, speaking of breaking news, Carson oh. Palmer broke his left arm in the Cardinals' <laughs> shutout loss to the Rams. He's expected to be out a couple of months. Meanwhile, Adrian Peterson came crashing back to earth. 11 carries, 21 yards. Larry Fitzgerald, oh boy, three receptions, 29 yards. We'll start with Larry Fitzgerald now that Carson Palmer is out for the foreseeable future. It is the mighty Drew Stanton slinging the rock. (laughs) You know what this requires, Chris? Deke Shriek. Can we get a Deke Shriek, please, for this offense on the board? Yeah, give me one Somewhere on the right side there. There it is. Ah, Boom. Let yes, it wash over that. you. Yes. Let it wash over you. All right. So what do we make of uh, Carson Palmer now out? Um, you know, uh, I don't know. No one's playing Drew Stanton. That's fine. But what does it mean for, for Larry Fitzgerald? Completely out on this offense now that uh, Drew Stanton is running things. Go if you it. read trade calls last week, I said trade sell call. high oh, on Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Obviously, I couldn't predict. Nailed it. I couldn't predict. It. I couldn't predict an injury. No, no, you to did. Carson Palmer. Oh no, just, but just go with so, it. Oh, you no, know how many people yeah. came at me and were yeah. like, oh, "I'm yeah. keeping Larry Fitzgerald." Blah blah That's blah. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Who's who's yeah. who's right yeah. now? Uh huh. Yeah. You're I, still not right. right. I am. Yeah. yeah. You're just, yeah. Wait. A, what are you? <laughs> I'm right, and you don't want to admit it. Look, Mr. look. Mr. All about no, the results. I don't. I don't. We've seen this. Did it happen? Did it happen? You've seen Drew Stanton try to run this offense before, and it's it, it's not pretty. And I don't I don't want anything to do with any of these guys anymore. Unbelievable. No, I'm with you. This is this is a disaster scenario. Uh, it is. I mean, it's like some backups are able to come in and uh, keep the offense afloat. Case Keenum has been one. Matt sure. Moore. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this is not a situation where I'm I'm confident in this offense. Their offensive line has already had protection protection issues. Now you're going to put Drew Stanton back there. Yeah. With with a cast of olds on the offense too, it's just it's a disaster. It's a disaster. They have a tough schedule coming up. Not only the tough I, schedule, I mean the the quarterback play, but you know here's the other thing too, man. If this team starts to really go south, you know what I'm saying? A team that has a lot of veterans, I don't know. I think we've seen it plenty of times where they're just like, ah, all right, you know what? This is kind of the lost season. Let's let's move on. Let's look forward to 2018. But what were you gonna say, Matt Harmon? I was just gonna say uh, just for. For the argument's sake, uh, Fitzgerald, I think, is the one player who could probably be okay. I mean, it's a huge downgrade. He does average 16.9 PPR points per game with Drew Stanton, 16.7 in games without Drew Stanton the last few years. So that's something. But he is he only averages 5.7 targets to 7.3 with Carson Palmer in. So it's a loss of volume for sure, and it's a loss of safety. But uh, I think it's the rest of the guys in this offense that are just, I mean, John Brown, J.J. Nelson, Jerron Brown. Peterson. Yeah, Peterson, well, whatever. But, I mean, the, like, ancillary passing game players, it's a it's a complete death blow to those guys. All right, so let's talk about Adrian Peterson very quickly because, again, he was the hot waiver wire name last week, uh, really broke out, really showed out, had a great game against Tampa Bay, and then, again, came crashing back to earth, 11 carries for 21 yards. I mean, you want to talk about flipping that game script around? Yeah. I mean, last week in week six, it was a situation where the Cardinals got up early. They were able to feature uh, Adrian Peterson hot and heavy, and then this this week they, they got behind big, and as a matter of fact, they, they got shut out. So they, they got behind super big, and they weren't able really to feature Adrian Peterson. So And now that, that now that Carson Palmer is out of that offense, I, I, I mean, what do we expect from Adrian Peterson moving forward? Well, just one, I made a mistake when I quoted those target numbers. Those are actually his reception numbers. It's eight targets per game ten, or, t- with Stanton 10 uh, 
with Palmer. But anyways, point about Adrian Peterson. Yeah, we saw like the two ends of the spectrum with him. Like if they can get on a game script where they're winning games and they can feed him, yeah, yeah. he's going to be a great fantasy asset. But now with Palmer gone, how often are they going to be on that game script? I would say probably not too much. So Peterson is really screwed in a big way here. Uh, and it was cute. Like I saw some people on Twitter and maybe some you know reporters just indicating that the team was like, well, with Andre Ellington, you know, not playing today, we can maybe expect to see some Adrian Peterson in the right. past game. Like, let it go. What do you just like? <laughs> is this this is the third team he's been on? Matt, I was he's told like, this oh, offseason he was uh, no, working, working on his was, pass catching. I was going to get fifty receptions. And then we saw that be right. completely erroneous with the Saints. This, and what was going to change in two? Weeks? It's one of my favorite offseason narratives. If, and it's if, not even now. It's not even an offseason. Now it's like an in-season narrative. If he was going to get any receptions, it would have been in the second half, and he had three touches in the second half, and they were all carries. Yeah, yeah this is he can't he can't play in the pass game. Yeah, <sighs> and Irwin this, Williams had like two receptions. The loss of Palmer really exacerbates the concerns we were saying before Peterson's dominant game when James is able to celebrate because he just doesn't offer any volume there. And like for a team that's going to be losing or be behind a lot now, they're going to have to put Ellington back in when he gets healthy or something else, and it just it completely torpedoes Peterson's volume. You're yeah, going to have to be praying for a touchdown. By the way, what is up with this defense? I mean, they have players. They don't have a pass rush. The thing is they have players, but they have – probably like four or five real good players and the rest of the guys are just disasters. Mm. Tyron Matthews not the player he once was, that's right. for sure. Patrick Peterson's not healthy. They lost Marcus Golden pass rusher Marcus Golden to injury. Billy. Robert Kandiche is not at all a replacement for Clay. He's Campbell. been he's been injured a lot too. Yeah, he was inactive for yeah, this game. So all right, random note from Darren Urban, by the way. Carson Palmer has been hurt against the Rams in twenty fourteen. ACL. Yeah, that's that's right. 2016 with a concussion, and then he got hurt in week seven, broken left arm. Pretty crazy. That is weird. Yeah, it's weird. Very weird. Trend. That's a trend. Also, over two coaching staffs now with the Rams. Trends. Yeah, I can't deny him. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Amari Cooper. Uh, literally, in our most recent podcast. We were wondering if Amari Cooper was dead. I was spitting out how stats of how horrible he was. The two tight ends on the Rams had more receiving yards than him going into that game. Yikes. And Yikes. I'm pretty sure anyone who asked us the question Thursday, Amari Cooper or this player, yeah. he said bench Amari Cooper. We said, oh, my Keep Amari God. Cooper on your bench till he does something. It was, the right, like it was 40, the right move. Yeah. It was 40 still 40 the right 40 40 40 40 move. There was not a fantasy analyst out there who did not get their mentions absolutely destroyed yeah. <laughs> by Amari bad. Cooper. Nobody is louder on Twitter than hindsight Twitter. Oh yeah, like, after oh, yeah. somebody blows oh, yeah. up. Oh, I really feel sure. like I really feel like I didn't see too many people like crowing about how could you tell me not to start Cooper because I think we were all all out, all kind of suffering through that madness. And and yeah, it was it's unfortunate that he had like you probably would have liked to see him get you know like eighty yards and a touchdown and be like, yeah. all right, great. Now yeah, it's a, now I know he's kind of back. But the fact he blew up for like two hundred yards and a touchdown, I realize that's like two hundred and two. Excuse me, yeah. I realize it's like extra tilting for people to have that on your bench, but but yeah, it was it was actually like it is a good matchup against the Chiefs for wide receivers, but still, like you just had to wait till he kind of got it going. Well, and his quarterback was the previous game had averaged five yards an attempt and looked disastrous. Like you can't, it was so hard to trust that on a short week. But now, this is a good sign moving forward, and I think he's getting he's back at least in our good enough graces to 
throw him back out there, which is good because I have him on a couple teams. So. so I guess that's my question, right? So is Omari Cooper all the way back? I mean, or was this just a sim- simply a matter of a good matchup with just crazy volume? I mean, he saw 19 yeah, targets. Carr had right. 52 in, pass attempts. Uh, 52 pass attempts, 19 targets for Omari Cooper in what was a terrific shootout. Yeah. But So I guess my question is, is Omari Cooper fully back? Because here's my, here's my take. Mm-hmm. A lot of this, I mean, look, 210 and two touchdowns, that's – that is awesome, man. But a lot of it was predicated on the matchup and the volume as well. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I John, guess my John thing – calls. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess my thing would be he was still fighting the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? In, in terms of efficiency, it wasn't terrific. I mean, 19 targets, 11 receptions. I, and I get a lot of those passes were pretty deep, so those are, those are low, you know, completion percentage passes. That's fine. Uh, but, the, but the fact of the matter is, man, it's just – he was still fighting the ball out there a little bit. Yeah. I think we don't really know the the real answer to that question. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he, you know, this is this is a situation where he he is. I would I would defer to say that he is back because we know he's a good player. Uh, but in terms of like whether he's going to be like right back into it, I, I'm optimistic because you know the best way to get a guy out of a slump to me is just keep giving him the ball, like keep giving him opportunities to do good things. Because you're right, he, he there were some plays where he definitely could have caught a pass that he yeah. did in or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Little out of his reach. But the best way to just fight through that is just to continue to feed these guys and let them make big plays, which they did. Uh, going forward, they get the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots before they run into the Broncos. Uh, I want. I would probably say you're starting Amari Cooper against all three of those. The Bills had been a great pass defense but did get ripped up. Uh, I mean, you just listed off all those all those teams. Those are those are good defenses yeah, overall. But not good secondaries. No, the Dolphins can be beat through the air. So can the Patriots. The, the Bills are the Bills are a good defense. That's for sure. But There'll be a great test this week yeah. to see just how much Cooper's back. Look, if he can get eight targets, you know, five catches, fifty yards, maybe another touchdown, then we, then we can be confident in him. But if he goes out and gets blank, but the, your, to your point too, James, like him fighting the ball, it's always kind of been Amari Cooper. That's yeah. true. Like every year of his career, he's never been the cleanest catcher. Yeah. And he's made spectacular catches, but he's made some boneheaded drops, and that's just the the volatility you have to live with. But yeah. I think this volume and his him showing confidence in himself again is the biggest thing. I would say this. If I had Amari Cooper, and I don't have him anywhere, but if I did have him, I'd be shopping him, man. I don't know. Th- those To me, those defenses are yeah. not th- are no joke. I, I just – I don't know, man. I, I'd, I'd like to see what I could get back for Amari Cooper. Jay Cutler reportedly broken ribs, could miss a few weeks. Matt Moore came in. He looked pretty good, man, for the Dolphins. Thoughts on his potential impact to the Miami offense, uh, especially for those pass catchers, Alex Gellhar? Uh I think this is decent news. I mean, not much changed for Landry, but this was good news for Stills because Matt Moore, a couple of the plays were called back on penalties. But he threw the ball seven times, including those no plays, at Kenny Stills. Both of his touchdowns came from him. Cutler was in there getting his classic Cutler tunnel vision. Like, even with Parker out, uh, Stills saw, like, three targets a game. Mm. So this came, this helped boost Kenny Stills. And, I mean, people have been calling for Matt Moore for a they while, have. including they this have. man to my right, uh, Matt Harmon. <laughs> yeah. So I think, it's, I mean, Matt Moore has proven to be an okay starter, and I think this is a de- decent news for the pass catchers. The Dolphins got their best quarterback on the field, and I'm including Ryan Tannehill when I say that. Uh, baby. They, they, got, they got their best quarterback on the field and Matt Moore and uh, I think it's good news for Devontae Parker when he comes back too uh, because uh, you know as you mentioned like Cutler's just not tunnel vision or not he's just not a functional like high-end quarterback at this point and I think that has played itself out and you know I think Moore was asked after the game like you know did it feel kind of good to to get out there like after getting passed over for a guy who clearly can't play at this point for the starting job and he's like damn he's like yeah I mean I mean it was not phrased that way okay I phrased it that way (laughs) 
<laughs> but, uh, but but Moore's like, yeah, I felt. Good. I mean, yeah. I think it, I think he's motivated to to show like, yeah, he should have uh, he should have been the guy that they turned right to after the Ryan Tannehill. He led them to a comeback here. He threw two touchdown passes in the fourth fourth quarter. The Jets were winning this game. Yeah, he smacks the Jets. Yeah, he smashed the Jets last year too. I don't know, and and to me. I think he stabilized the offense a little bit, right? Like it's not as – it just didn't seem as if it was so stop and go, stop and go, right? So there, there seemed to be a little bit more flow to the offense. Maybe this helps a guy like Jay Ajayi get going as well. If the offense can get rolling, then maybe Jay Ajayi starts to get rolling uh, there as well. So, and, and, you know, the one thing I did like as well, and I know a lot of people are invested in Jarvis Landry. He, I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers here, but I felt like he got a lot more air yards. Yeah, he. I said this in uh, the targets and touches. He averaged 13 yards per reception. It's the first time he's averaged over uh, over 10 this entire season. He's been he's wow. been sub he's been sub uh, 9.5 in every single game except this one. Interesting. All right, hey, let's break down this Green Bay offense here. All right, so uh, no Aaron Rodgers out, obviously with the broken clavicle. Uh, we saw the UCLA third year quarterback Brett Hundley, and. <laughs> I, I just my my thoughts on this game were just that Mike McCarthy took the air out of the ball, and, and I get that Aaron Jones ran the ball well, and that's fine. Uh, there were a couple of you know drops here and there. Uh, obviously, still some chemistry issues to work out between Brett Hundley and his receivers. But man, Jordy Nelson, 13 yards. Devontae Adams, 12 yards. I guess we go to the to the Green Bay man himself, uh, Alex Gelhar. What was your take on the offense? Uh, I felt similarly. Hundley also didn't look great. Um, and I don't know. I want to go back and watch this game more closely because I also felt like while they were running the game well, there were also times where they would just stick to that running game even when there were nine men in the box. That's right. And then they'd put Hunley in an unenviable down and distance, and that Saints defense, I mean, Cam Jordan's great. They're, they're playing pretty well. It was harder for him to succeed in that, and I felt like there weren't enough plays that were – they had a couple, like a nice little like swing pass to Randall Cobb, but there weren't enough plays to get him in a rhythm early. Like they didn't throw, yep. any, they didn't throw any slants. They didn't yep. throw any screens. It was all still that deep, that deep stuff that Rodgers is so good at. But Hunley like hasn't operated that offense a lot, so this was very worrisome. I think Aaron Jones is taking over this backfield, though. I yeah. don't think it was Ty Montgomery being hurt. Aaron Jones is just a superior player, mm-hmm. and uh, this is going to be his backfield unless they might mix in Ty Montgomery occasionally and in like in hurry up situations because he's such a good pass catcher. But this should be Aaron Jones's backfield moving forward. Packers are going into their bye. I still don't think it's entirely time to panic with the offense. They come out against the Lions. Which is a sec- which is still a defense you can move the ball on. I mean, they've they're great in fantasy for all their turnovers That's and touchdowns. Big injuries last couple. Um, yes, and but if the Green Bay offense comes out of that uh, out of their bye, which Mike McCarthy is one of those coaches that's historically very very good. Oh yeah. By like him and Andy Reid are just right. way at the top. If this offense comes out and lays another complete egg then it's absolutely time to panic. Well, it was nice to see uh, Brian Balaga and uh, Bakhtiari back in the lineup as well. So yep. that definitely helped the running game. There's no question about it. Um, I Okay, so... It could, real quick, it could yeah. be a time to float out extremely low ball offers for Adams and Nelson. Yes. You still like their touchdown upside, and if this offense turns around and they get back to, like, I mean, they saw, like, 9 to 10 targets from him in that game against the Vikings. Yeah. People could be panicking right now because that was a bad performance against the defense they should have been able to move the ball on. You might be able to get them on the super super cheap, and then if they if Hunley does turn it around a little bit, you've got a a matchup based starter. Yeah, I mean I would agree with that 100. percent I mean people are coming. I, I've got Jordy Nelson in a lot of different spots. People are coming at me with crazy Tariq Cohen for Jordy Nelson straight up. I'm like, bro, <laughs> wow, bro, it's not that bad. I mean yeah. I do this for a living, guys. Come on, what? 
I mean, really? You're going to throw out Tariq Cohen for, for Jordy Nelson? Defensive. Just, Get out of my life. Just a couple of numbers on Hundley. Uh, he averaged 10 uh, He averaged ten intended air yards per, per throw. His average completion was just 3.7 yards in the air. Oh, uh, his rough. longest His longest completed pass in the air was just 8 yards. All right, Franchise, you are uh, you do the whole trade calls thing. Um, we heard about uh, you know Alex Gelhar's thoughts on Ty Montgomery here, um, that it is Aaron Jones' backfield moving forward, but if you've got Ty Montgomery and he is owned, I mean just pretty much universally, yeah. what do you do with Ty Mont? I don't think you can get much for him right now if you're trying to sell him, and I wouldn't be buying him because I think I agree with Gelhar that it's Aaron Jones' backfield. I mean, he had 131 yards and a touchdown. Like he looked, he just they. Uh, I think Montgomery had six snaps to Aaron Jones' 38, and there was oh boy. there was a series where they gave Montgomery the ball like three times in a row, and just didn't, he didn't even get a first didn't down. Didn't do no. anything with it. So, I mean, there's a chance he's still ailing from that rib injury, and yeah, you know, I guess that would be wanna, my that would be my concern. Do, doesn't want to go full steam ahead, but I don't think they can take. I think it's Aaron Jones' job to lose, and unless he does something to, you know, have a setback in his production, I think they're just going to keep giving him the ball, especially with a guy like uh, Brett Hundley under center. Is Tymont still? Is he still a tradable asset? No. I mean, is anyone going to be? Nobody's going to pay for. Him. Nobody's going to trade anything for him right now. You he's just got coming hold. off coming off a rib injury. He's had two down games in a row now. Right. And just no. hold on, and I think you just got to stash him. Yeah. Do you stash or do you drop? I guess. I don't know if you drop just. Just I would just see what happens. Okay, there you go. Delaney Walker left the game in crutches. He hurt his ankle. If he can't go, it's going to be old Janu Smith who's on the docket there. But, I, you know, to, I, I joke around, and I know that not a lot of folks know about Johnny Smith, but I thought I thought he looked pretty good, as a matter of fact. And uh, he's got two touchdowns already, right? Yes. For Tennessee. So um, I tell you what, if Delaney Walker is not able to go, I actually do give a strong endorsement to Johnny Smith, who I think is – is uh, actually a pretty, pretty good player. If you uh, super athletic, yeah, I was just gonna say, James. I mean, we we can talk. We can talk uh, some athletic measurables. Oh boy, here, here we go. You want, me to, you want me to hit you with? Oh, uh, hit you with some of these. Obviously, yes, please. Was two thirty two forty eight at the NFL scouting combine. Ran a four six two. Okay. Had a vertical jump of thirty eight inches. That's the ninety third percentile. Oh my God. So uh, broad jump, ninety fifth percentile per uh, mock draftable. I'm getting these yeah. numbers. So. He's, he's your type of guy. Absolutely. I think he's looked pretty good, too. Yeah. So, I Made like it. Plays. All right. Uh, speaking of, if uh, Delaney Walker can't go, I, I would, again, advocate adding Jonu Smith. But the writer of the waiver wire for NFL.com, NFL.com slash waiver wire. We're talking about the whiz kid from Wisconsin. A lot of W's there. Um, Alex <laughs> waiver wire. <laughs> <laughs> waiver wire with the whiz kid from Wisconsin. Uh, Alex Gellar. <laughs> Give us a couple names here off the waiver well, wire. Well, uh, he would have made the list, but they're going into their bye this week. So ah, okay. uh, there's no reason to add a backup tight end going into a bye. Good point, good point. But uh Latavius Murray, and I know we'll talk about this a little later. Yeah. Um he had he had a really good game this week, uh, as franchise was smart enough to put in his bold prediction. Well Ooh. done, franchise, even though that uh didn't net you starting I benched him <laughs> in one of my leagues. What? Well, uh, you know, huh? it was yeah, a it bold happens. prediction. Okay, you know, it. I okay, wasn't I buying it. it. Right, but the thing is, so like the Jarek McKinnon hype was real, and a lot of people were dropping Murray. However, However, if you look at if you look at their touch split, like their touch and snap splits had been pretty close this entire time. Yeah. Have they? They Double? were just yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The big the big difference was the two games prior were much more much more competitive. So McKinnon was on the field more. They were using more in space. This game where they got up big, 
Murray kind of went into clock killing mode too and led the way in touches and runs, which is what could happen next week against the Browns as well. Interesting. Mm. You think that in amazing that amazing defense going up against the Browns quarterback carousel. Yeah. That could be another Latavius Murray game script. So it's not no reason to panic on McKinnon. Okay. But Murray's in the mix there. Also, we've talked about him a couple times now. Our boy Deion Lewis. You know, Harmon, one of yeah. Harmon's uh, OG you boys. Good. You look good. He Your is, guy. My he guy. is staking his claim on as much of a quote unquote lead share as you can get in yeah. the Patriots backfield. But over his last three games, he's averaging five point eight yards per carry. Would love to see him get a few more targets. He's only had three yeah. in the last three games because that's kind of James White's role, and he's super good at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, uh, in a high, in a very high-scoring offense, a guy that is getting—he was the starting running back, and he was used in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They didn't right. just yeah. trot out Mike Gillisley yeah. with their lead. Yeah. yeah. So Lewis is a guy you want to go out and get right now, and then especially for one-week fill-ins, if you haven't already, add Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. Both are guys that are going to see they they split things pretty much right down the middle too with Lynch out. But uh, they're, they're going up against the Bills, so they'll probably try and get a little bit of a running game going. And Richard out of the backfield in space will be a, a good asset in PPR. You know what I liked about Deion Lewis as well is that he got a lot of red zone carries. Yeah. The last couple the of The new weeks, goal line back. Which is kind of cool. Uh, which is kind of cool to see. And, and you know that the Patriots trust him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's been in the system for a while. I think all of those things trend towards Deion Lewis. Uh, again, he's going to be in a backfield split, no doubt about it. Um, can we talk about Rex Burkhead very quickly sure. in that game as yeah. well? I thought he looked pretty good, too. Honestly, this team would just be better if there was just less Mike Gillisley. Because, <laughs> I, seriously. How many I, snaps did he get? I, I don't even think he, he saw that ca- many. He had eight carries. Eight carries. And which uh, I think obviously no targets. Cause which I, I think is telling in a game that the Patriots were winning, yeah. you know, Falcons didn't have any points until the fourth quarter. Gillisley still only had eight carries. When you're salting away a lead, you want your actually good runners on the field. And (laughs) so that's why they had Lewis and Burkhead. Mike Gillisley was out for 12 offensive plays. Burkhead, 13. James White, 20. Deion Lewis, 23. James White, 20, huh? Okay. Well, I mean, White's the one who's not going anywhere. Like, he's got his role locked in. And as Alex mentioned, he's super good at that pass-catching stuff, which it's funny the Patriots only found out because Deion Lewis got injured, you know, (laughs) two years ago. (laughs) Very good point. Very good point. All right, let's talk about your top performers, the quarterback position. Derek Carr, 417 through the air, three touchdowns. Dak Prescott, very impressive against the San Francisco 49ers. 234 yards passing, four total touchdowns. Why did you grab your heart? Because I'm starting to fall in love with Dak Prescott. (laughs) I'm serious. Like I said, I tweeted this yesterday. Like he just enthralls me every time I watch him. I was with Franchise and we were just chatting about as we were walking in. He's great. And Franchise is like, yeah, he's like, he's kind of like Russell Wilson, but but better. And I'm like, you know what? That's you say that, and it sounds like a hot take, but. Honestly, I think you might be right. Like he's like Russell Wilson makes all the exciting plays that Wilson does, but doesn't like three times a game run himself into a sack by pirouetting around like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, Dak is just so smooth. He's <laughs> awesome to watch, and and honestly, the Cowboys' offense, you know, Zeke obviously notwithstanding whatever's going to happen with that, yeah. but they they've been one of the best offenses in the game over the over the past few weeks. If I could if I could normalize that conversation a little bit, I I love. Dak Prescott. I love Dak Prescott. That being said, Russell Wilson is having to pirouette like a madman because of the offensive, the offensive line, line between yes, the two yes, yes, you're, you're, you're definitely right about that. <laughs> but when you when you called Dak smooth, I was like, oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. But I mean, but Dak has dealt with more pressure this year. You like they're you know the offensive line is not as good as it was in uh, in 2016. So not as much as Russ though. That's fair. I mean, Russ. I think Russ has developed a lot of bad habits yeah. because of 
constantly playing behind right. that offensive line. There have been but, plays where I swear to God, the ball has been in danger of being intercepted on shotgun snaps. Russ, that's <laughs> yeah. how bad the protection has been. Yeah. I don't mean to talk. I love Russell Wilson's one of my favorite quarterbacks, too. So sure. I'm not talking sure. bad about him. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson, also a top five quarterback this week. 334 passing yards, three touchdowns for him. Nice Alex segue. Smith. Yeah, uh, yeah right. it's not bad. Alex Smith, 342 through the air, three touchdowns for old Alex Smith as well. How about Josh? <laughs> How about Josh McCown, baby? Four TDs. What? Josh McCown. Have man. mercy. Rushing touchdown. I mean, get out of here. Okay. Yeah. He had three I mean, first early. half touchdowns. Yeah, early amazing. on too. Was he crazy. was just throwing deep balls to Curse and Anderson it. and. ASJ got one. That's just amazing. At the wide receiver position, Amari Cooper, we talked about 210, two touchdowns, Tyreek Hill, eight targets, six receptions, 125 receiving. I think he had 10 re- uh, rushing yards as well. Uh, had a touchdown there as well. Kenny Stills breaking into the top five, man. Nine targets for Kenny Stills. He was your sleeper on he Thursday's episode. He was my deep sleeper. Yeah, I, uh, I want to go back to, to Russ and the Giants real quick just to Please. make this note about their defense. We have, we've held this notion that their defense is very good coming in from last year and they still have a lot of talented, talented players, but three of the last four quarterbacks to face them now have thrown for 250-plus yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote about Russ Wilson in FedEx Aaron Ground because our research packet noted, like, oh, Giants' formidable defense, but they're like – bottom third of the league in every stat. Yeah, yeah, they and I am mad at myself because I didn't follow my own advice and start Russell Wilson. Oh. I, I last second tinkered and put in Marcus Mariota. I'm like, he's playing the Browns. He's got to air it out. I don't want right. to talk about the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> sad. Very no, sad. I do not want to talk about the Titans. Um, I, I think for the for the Giants, the defense, They again, they've got some players too, and I think what happens is that their offense is so bad Yeah. that their defense is playing too many snaps. It's just it, it the it, the whole – spirit of the of the team just leaves you know what I mean so <laughs> it's just uh, yeah, yeah man I don't know it's not good uh wide receiver position uh Jarvis Landry 11 targets seven receptions 93 yards and a touchdown good to see him get into the end zone running back Zeke Elliott good My goodness God almighty yeah nearly 220 Dude. total yeah three touchdowns two Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Go. I mean, he he had that one. Uh, what was it? Seventy-four yard reception for touch. Two touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah. And then, or yeah, first quarter. Yep. And first then quarter. His first touch of the second half was a seventy-two yard reception <laughs> where Screen, he yeah. danced along the sideline. Did he like, get touched on that play? I mean, yeah, he did. He got Lord. somebody. Somebody almost tried to trip him up. It was great footwork because it was one of those ones where they so hit talented. his foot into so his other good. foot, and normally that takes you down. Yeah. He was like, he's like. Nah, I'm good. You don't think of him as a guy who's got footwork like that. No, he's more of like a power runner, yeah. but it was amazing. Body this, control. This was yeah, like a, this was like a 2016 Zeke type yeah, game yeah, where yeah. you just were watching like, yeah, hey, that's a that's a different dude than the rest of the the ten guys on his team and the yeah. eleven guys on the other side of the football. Shady McCoy, 91 rush yards, 31 receiving yards, so 120 total, two touchdowns. His first two touchdowns. Of the season, I felt like I felt like those two narratives, right, between Shady and Julio Jones. Yeah. I felt like their offenses were like, nah, man, this this narrative's got to go away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, two also, touchdowns for Shady. That's two backs in a row to go up against the Buccaneers defense and have massive outs. monsters. So monsters. so monsters. Panthers next week. Oh my God, Jonathan Stewart. They're gonna end <laughs> no, that. No, Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey. That is they're gonna end that narrative too. That is uh, the maybe. classic uh, stoppable force meets movable <laughs> object sort of thing. Like which crappy unit is gonna give first? And honestly, after watching all the oh, Panthers games man. this year, 
I'm not betting on that. All right. Todd Gurley, 154, a touchdown for him as well. Aaron Jones, 131 on the ground, and a touchdown for Aaron Jones. Honorable mention, Lev Bell, who had nearly 200 scrimmage yards oh. as well, man. Oh. He just looked amazing. Tight end position, O.J. Howard, your tight end one. Six targets, <laughs> six receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. It seems as if Jameis Winston – if we can talk about O.J. Howard very quickly. It just yeah. seems as if Jameis Winston is starting to really trust his two tight ends there in Cameron Brait yeah. uh, and O.J. Howard. And as a matter of fact, that's a lot of what we saw, too, at Florida State was that he leaned on his tight ends there as well. So um, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll throw this out to the group. O.J. Howard, sustained success, one-week wonder. Matt Harmon, what say you? Mm, somewhere in between. I do think that they want to get him more involved, but there's not a ton of – meat to pick off the bone here in this pecking order. Uh, the Next Gen Stats uh, researcher sent me this yesterday. Uh, O.J. Howard had has the two highest separations from the closest defender covering him on to, on touchdowns this year, 18.6 against the uh, the Bills last this past week, and then 15.1 in week four. He so, had another deep touchdown. So he's definitely – his big plays have come as a result of some busted coverage. Is, yeah, is I was going to say, the, they, they, yeah. the Bills forgot to cover him they've, twice. They've done that awesome play – or that awesome design where – and the Falcons did this a lot to great success. You remember those uh, – last year, those Austin Hooper touchdowns were yeah. like legitimately nobody yeah. could be around yes. him. They roll the whole thing with all their talented pass catchers to one side, and then they have the other tight end just leak out, on, and he's wide open. So Got it. I think it's more of a one-week wonder because okay. he will have games like this. He's a talented playmaker. They want to get him involved, but it's going to be too hard to predict when, when, the, when those O.J. Howard plays on the play sheet Fair. actually get called. Fair enough. Whereas Cameron Brait is still getting the volume, still getting looks in the red zone, and is an every-week tight end. As you guys noted, yes. six, uh, what is it, six catches? Six for 60, 60 yeah. In, take in that PPR all day. Team, yeah, right. Fantastic. Yeah, for oh, sure. Take that all day. Evan Engram, eleven targets, six receptions, sixty yards, and a touchdown. Speaking you of know, every week, I know, man. You know he's getting involved. He's period. He'd be a top five tight end this buddy. Seriously, end this so. year. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it helps with some, oh, yeah. some injuries to top guys yeah. like Greg Olson's not going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's Tyler Eifert been missing. And Tyler Eifert. That's who I was forgetting. I was like, yeah. two of the top like five guys are are injured. You can always so. bank on tight ends being hurt. Uh, Jason went four targets, four receptions, fifty-four yards, and a touchdown. Jimmy Graham. Six targets, three receptions. It's funny because he had a good fantasy day. He looked terrible. He should have had an outrageous day because he dropped a a for sure touchdown. And then he also had a play where he should have gotten at least like 40 yards and could have made it in the end zone as well. So we we could have been looking at a Jimmy Graham like – Hundred twenty six catch touchdown. Yeah, touchdown. No, no, yeah, day. exactly. He's looked bad this really this whole year. Uh, I don't think he's looked good. Again, six targets, three receptions, fifty one yards, and a touchdown. Uh, this is also of note. You play your tight ends against the Giants, man. Yes. Uh, eight touchdowns in seven games at the tight end position. That is what the Giants' defense has given up. Eight touchdowns yeah. in seven games. Well, I, so mean, I think they set an NFL record, it said on the broadcast, for eight straight games where the opponent's touch- tight end has scored a touchdown against them. Unbelievable. I mean, and we're talking about guys like like uh, Jeff Hyreman. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> yeah. Je- Jeff James, you could, line up, you could line up a tight end against the Giants <laughs> and catch it. It's true. It would be the most dad touchdown ever. Yes, it would. Biggest disappointments. Cam Newton, 211, 211 yards passing, 50 oh. rushing yards, three turnovers, no touchdowns. Oh, boy. Um, he had He's had, what, two good games coming in to Week 7, right? And we all thought, okay, here yes. comes Cam Newton. Cam he's back. back. He's back, baby. Let's go. Super Cam. Um, and, man. Just a big-time disappointment. This one kind of, I think, surprised me a little bit. But Marcus Mariota as well. Woo. This one hurt one. This this one hurt, folks. 203 passing yards, one rush for eight yards, 
no touchdowns. I'm over the Titans. What the what the heck, man? I and don't know. and the, well, we'll, it's tough. we'll get to so, it. So, somebody asked me this question. It's a bit of a, like a look ahead for the Titans. Like, okay. Their wide receiver core has been a big disappointment. Uh, Eric Decker now on like he who must not be named status for me after <laughs> yesterday. Uh, <laughs> James, do you know the full story behind that? No, just, we'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep it off air. Anyways, oh. point point oh. point being, we might not. Ooh. We will keep it off air. <laughs> we might not. We, we eh, color me skeptical. We will, <laughs> we will keep we'll keep that story. Off. We'll keep that story off air. Anyways, point being, uh, so. Did his like, wife at tweet you or something? No, 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 What's no. Out here, I just I'm keep it off air. Let's, Anyways, let's the question, the, the question, the, the question was. Okay. Uh, so with their wide receiver core being such a mess, like their run game being kind of, I mean, up and down. I mean, be really, really Jekyll and Hyde between last week and this week. Uh, does Corey Davis like returning? Does 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 that make like does that make it interesting for you guys at all? Because they haven't established anything. He looked really good when he was on the field early. I think he's a difference making wide receiver talent. It's tough to count on a rookie to come in and like fix all the problems or whatever. I, and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but do you like if he's available right now? Do you try to go out and add him uh, in the hopes that he might have a real good second half? I I just wanted to pull up their schedule too and look at it. Okay. They're on their bye week right now. Excuse me, so that could help them get a little healthy. But yeah. Coming out of the bye, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. Right. That's three nope. very good defenses. Nope. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't even – I would just let Corey Davis sit out there because odds are somebody else might pick him up yeah. and then drop him after he, like, ghosts them in those games. Yeah, because I'm looking over your shoulder, and then the next four games, Texans, Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, Ooh, that's all Colts. games. I, Colts, too. Well, yeah, excuse me. Nice. I, just, I looked right over the Colts because – they're worth looking over right now. Sorry, Indy. Uh, Colts, yeah, there. That's a really it's nice a, It's a good fantasy that. playoff schedule. Very nice fantasy playoff schedule. So maybe wait uh, and then, I guess, right before the trade deadline, maybe try and get them or add them if they're dropped. But the probably, the whole, yeah. probably a good, uh, you know, I guess, stash or maybe even if you wanted to drop and pick up later for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that's worth dis- discussing. I mean, I think he's in, like, streaming quarterback territory right now. So Yeah, for sure. And given his health situation, too, I mean, if he starts getting healthier – the offense starts getting a little bit more loose. Uh, some good things could happen, I think, for Marcus Mariota and Tennessee Titans. All right, let's talk about running back disappointments. Melvin Gordon, 18 carries, 38 yards against a very tough Denver defense. 44 total yards for yeah. Melvin Gordon, though. Oh. So I, There was a point in that game where I had to check the box score, and then I was scouring you know, my Twitter timeline to see if did, – did Melvin Gordon get hurt? Yeah. I got a text. Along you know what I'm saying? Lines. Well, it, it was like, what, what, uh, what's going on with Melvin Gordon? Because then we saw Austin Eckler got the receiving touchdown. You know what I mean? So, um, but no, I, I guess he was. I mean, healthy. Gordon got stonewalled at the one yard line four times in a row by yeah. that stout defense, which was very tilting and disheartening. Then, like, he got a bunch of targets, but they weren't good targets. They were like panicked. Philip Rivers, like, okay. oh my god, <laughs> throw it at Melvin Gordon <laughs> at his knees. Uh, yeah. I don't know, Chris, if you had any other observations, but I'm not too worried. The workload was there. It yeah. was a tough matchup. Good, yeah. Tough like, matchup. The, the Broncos had, up to getting smashed by Orleans dark football people, <laughs> had been a lights-out run defense. So right, yeah. right. it wasn't too surprising to see them course-correct and get back on there. Yeah. I think you just had to taper expectations going into that game anyway with Melvin Gordon. But yeah. um, it, it was going to be a kind of a defensive struggle. And then I think once Travis Benjamin had that punt return for a touchdown um, – the, the Chargers were pretty conservative with the football. Yeah, they extremely. Were. Yeah, I mean, they had the, he had a long punt return and a long reception. Yeah. I mean, the, I think the offense only had, like, they had, like, maybe 12 total drives or something in yeah. that game. Like, that yeah, they're just, that's not going to – So they were they were protecting a lead against a great run defense, and it's that's yes. that's easy to stop. And it was yeah. the first lead that the Chargers have had. They, the first time they scored first in a game all season long. <laughs> wow. So, you know, 
it gave, it gave the defense an opportunity really? to kind of pin their ears back and get after. Oh my Simeon. god! The StubHub Center kind of sounded a little loud from the broadcast. There was some buzz. Yeah, there was some buzz. Like in and the, uh, and, right and like you know when the Broncos had the ball, it sounded loud. Like so that's yeah. good. That, yeah, it's a, it's, it was a 50-50 crowd. I will I say it was. I don't it know. Was, I mean, I just just sounded loud. I would root for. I hope they get some more fans. <laughs> I'm still I'm still skeptical, but I did see the report that somebody said Gus Bradley told the guys before the game like I don't care if there's only ten fans out there like we're going to play for those 10 fans. Nice. And, hey, yeah. that defense did play for those 10 fans. <laughs> yeah. They got their money's worth, and I got my fantasy points. I feel so good on you, Gus Bradley. I feel the same way about my tweets. I mean, <laughs> I feel like 10 people are paying attention, but I'm tweeting like hell for those 10 people. <laughs> Adam, baby, there you go. I'm one of those 10 people, Armin. Hey. God, that's why I like Chris I'm, so I'm much. I'm not. I'm not. I know. You've had me <laughs> muted, I think, for the past five years, and you've only known me for, for two and a half. Correct. Correct. Accurate. Jarek McKinnon, a disappointment as well. 14 carries, 47 yards, a 3.35. Yards per carry average, 57 total yards for him. Very sad. Uh, and, mm-hmm. again, we talk about the 50-50 split with Latavius Murray in terms of uh, snap share and carries as well. 14 carries for McKinnon, 18 carries for Latavius. By the way, uh, their last three games, so uh, the Bears game, McKinnon had 22, Murray had 14. The Packer game, McKinnon had 20 touches. These are total touches. Murray had 16. This game, McKinnon 17, Murray 18. So. Yeah. It's, this is what it is. You're just going to have to ride the highs and lows. And okay. Murray's a much dicier prospect to start. But like I said, in favorable game scripts, he, it might be worth trotting him out as an RB2 or in the flex. I wonder, too, if he's starting to get healthy from that ankle injury. Yeah. If he's starting to get into game shape. I don't mm. know. Just got some concerns there. All right, wide receiver disappointments. A.J. Green, six targets, three receptions, 41 yards. Okay. Against tough the Steelers. Hell, Bengals defense. fell apart, yeah. Uh, Demarius Thomas, five targets, two receptions, just nine yards. Had like an 89-yard reception. For oh, that was so PI. brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty ticky-tacky Oh, call my God. Me. That was a horrible call. Yeah. Horrible call. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, next week, we're, we're quick on Demarius, plays yeah. the Chiefs. Even Especially if Emmanuel Sanders out, that should be a good spot to start right. him. Show. I like it. Larry Fitz, three targets, three receptions, 29 yards. Got stantonized. Stantonized. Yes. That, I think, is going to be a thing. Stantonized. You just created a thing. Nice. (laughs) T.Y. Hilton, eight targets, just two receptions for him, 27 yards. I mean, we knew it was going to be bad against the Jags, but, oh, boy. Two ghost games from Hilton. This is why you you don't start. Wide receivers against the Jags. Yeah, you don't just do don't, don't do it. Do it. Nope. Don't. And especially, like we would said, do quick, it. the research packet. So last year in four games against Hilton, Boye and Ramsey held him to like six catches for 75 yards. Just another notch on their bedpost here of shutting down T.Y. Hilton. All right. Before yeah, we By get the to, way, yes. uh, T.Y. Hilton getting – he was he called out like the offensive line. Like, oh, my God. He was chirping after the game. He said, we were winning our matchups uh, – the offensive the line, O-line has to play has just got to play better. The O-line's always been bad in in, in, in well, I mean that's kind of the reason they're in this predicament right yeah. now with their quarterback, yeah. you know, smashed, but uh yeah, I don't know, I was reading the piece that Greg Doyle put out and like talked about like a like a mini rebellion. I mean the Colts are, are a, mess. They're a mess. They're a mess. They're an absolute mess. But yeah, he he really just came out and just said the O-line needs to block. That's a quote that I saw from multiple reporters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's the state of the Indianapolis hard. Colts, folks. Oh, boy. Hard-hitting hard announcement. Quote, quote from that piece was, he's a me, it's very me-first player. But here's the thing, though, that that's so odd. You never you never heard about T.Y. Hilton saying these kind of things before. Um, and I think the, I remember hearing him chirp for the ball at times. Yeah, that's – Every receiver. Yeah. I mean, that's every wide receiver. Chirp, yeah. yeah, you know, but and, – and, and it's also in the NFL, it's just rare for one position – 
to call out another yeah. position yeah. to do their job. I think like, I mean, we're watching the offensive line. We've actually seen routes. it. We've seen it from the from the defense to the offense, right. or maybe the offense to the defense. Right. But on the for for an offensive guy to then call out another offensive player, that's rare. It is. It is rare, and I think it just goes to show, like, when frustration hits in and losing is just the the culture there. Yeah. Like that's it's not good, and uh, and also just no hope. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, exactly. Like with, I think especially this week with Luck suffering another setback or whatever, right. and it's like we don't even know when they're getting. I think the Colts all know they're in the middle of a complete loss season, and yep. and that's starting to boil over. Oh boy! All right, before we get to EDG, let me tell you, let me tell you about warships, command warships, yeah, and the world oh. warships. Have you ever wondered what it might be like to captain some of the greatest warships of World uh, War Two? Yeah, I have. Okay. Then you know what you should do, franchise. What? You should check out World of Warships. Okay. It's free to play. It's historical. It's online. It's an online combat game from War Gaming. Download War of Warships for free. It's free. You could download it today. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> Commandwarships.com to begin your naval adventure. Make sure you enter the code FANTASY17. Not FANTASY18. Fantasy 17. It's the year we're currently in. Yeah, it's the year 17. This is 2017, yeah, James. That is correct. Just, do we need to add years to your list of struggles along with geography? I'm just saying I don't want the listeners to get confused. It's Fantasy, Fantasy 17. 17. In all caps. When you, oh, all caps. All ca- when you download to get a ton of bonus content courtesy of us here at NFL. That's what we did for you guys. Fantasy Live. I feel like there's going to be a lot of crossover between the people interested in fantasy football and this app. I just would agree guess. with that. Uh, if you enter that code, Fantasy 17, you know what you get. You get a free what? premium ship, a famous, what? the famous cruiser Aurora, and a pile of in-game currency to jumpstart your epic World War II naval experience. Sounds like an advantage. <laughs> Gelhar is downloading yeah. the app right now. I was trying to find it. What's it called? As again? If War, War War, World of Warships. World of Warships. Just download World of Warships today at commandwarships.com and start playing that bad boy right now. Now. Noise. All right, let's talk about EDG. Let's get to every damn game. Every damn game. Baltimore at Minnesota. I got to be honest with you, I watched zero minutes of this game. <laughs> oh, it was very sad. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> well, if you watched Red Zone, it didn't pop up on Red Zone too often. All of Kai <laughs> Forbath's field goals were seen on Red Zone. <laughs> um, Which, real quick, before we get into this, I thought one of my favorite tweets was somebody tweeted at Andrew Siciliano, like, why are you staying on Jags Colts so much? Like, this game's a blow. And he's like, they're in the red zone. Yeah. This is the NFL Red Zone yeah. channel. <laughs> They're in the red zone. This sh- channel is called NFL Red also, Zone. Also, you know, there wasn't a lot of, like, where else were they going to go with the, with the camera, man? Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, a- offensive action. Listen, man, if, the, if there was something else going on, you don't think that they would pop out of the Colts-Jags game in a heartbeat? I think that the – yeah, obviously the dedicated producers <laughs> of that show are paying attention to what's going on in, in the NFL at that very moment. Unbelievable. Baltimore at Minnesota. What do you got, Franch? Uh, okay, Mike Wallace uh, <laughs> went out with a concussion early. So, you know, Jeremy Macklin was inactive. So right away, Baltimore had no receivers. Uh, ben Watson led the team with 38 yards. <laughs> oh, Jesus, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Baltimore running backs were not great. Uh, Allen got the playing time, but – he didn't produce. I think he had eight catches for like 29 yards. Wow. Uh, Alex Collins, I think, had 30 yards rushing. Oh, boy. Uh, the Vikings were out without Stephon Diggs and Michael Floyd. 
Uh, even without those two guys, Adam Thielen only had five catches on 12 targets. The Baltimore pass defense is still pretty good. Yeah, they're good, man. Um, Latavius Murray, we talked about him, 113 rush yards, a touchdown, scored on a 29-yard touchdown run. The Baltimore run defense is one to exploit for fantasy purposes. Baltimore run defense. In week four, Lev Bell was the RB1 against them. Okay. In week five, Marshawn Lynch scored a touchdown against them. Okay. Week six, Jordan Howard had 167 rush yards, and last week was Laddie Murray. So Interesting. They play the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. Jay Ajayi so fired that bad boy yes, up. Yes, correct. Saints uh, taking it. on Saints taking on Green Bay. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Well, I we think we talked about the Green Bay offense. We and, did. And it's mostly a Aaron Jones-centric show right now. On the Saints side, their offense looks really good, and it looks really balanced. I mean, Mark Ingram is a complete and utter feature back. Uh, Alvin yeah, Kamara buddy. is still going to f- factor in. Uh, but Ingram has nine catches to Kamara's eight since the Adrian Peterson trade. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, I mean, if you have Mark Ingram right now, you're you're sitting the rise, pretty. Baby. You're sitting real pretty. So that's kind of, to me, the biggest takeaway from this game. Uh, Michael Thomas, outside of, you know, their date with Minnesota in week one and then the weirdo game in Det- with Detroit last week uh, where they had barely had any offensive possessions either, he's cr- cleared 80 yards in every game. It's pretty right? good. He, he was he's on trade calls last week. Yeah, he's been, you're right. Look! Look at you! Don't <laughs> don't hurt yourself too much, Pat. Trade yourself on for the back a good for, wide receiver. Yeah, uh, but yeah. It's, so I think that uh, he's he's still like a he might be a guy that some people are disappointed with because he hasn't really had like a smash game yet with over 100 right. yards or anything. But he's been good. He leads the rarely team killing targets. you. He's rarely yeah. killing you. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Jets. Can, take we, it can we talk about Ted Ginn quick though? He's no. caught all of his targets no. in three straight games. Yeah. He had a touchdown last week. I sat, I put him in the waiver wire this past week, and I said he could have a good matchup here, and he caught 7 for 7 for 141 against the Packers. Unbelievable. Yeah. Willie, Willie Sneed was inactive, too. So. He was. Yeah, they're still. I think he's still dealing with the hamstring thing and you know, obviously missed the first part of the season. So He's a drop at this point. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I don't think uh, yeah. he's a priority hold. Okay. Like, you got to – I mean, if he he might come back and have a good game right away, and then, you know, people will be trying to pick him up. But, but I mean, uh, it by, it's bye week time. Like, you can't be sitting around like – holding a guy that's not playing. Yeah. Ted Ginn's on the and waiver wire. Yeah, he is. And especially six six teams are on bye this week and six teams are on bye next week. Oh, yeah. baby. It, this is the part of the NFL season where the bye week Ooh. apocalypse sets in. So yeah. Oh, yeah. if you're hurting for wide receiver help, like Ted Ginn, I mean, they're home next week. It's against the Bears' kind of frisky defense, but that Bears' defense does play better at home than okay. on the road. And yeah. Drew Brees in the Superdome is just lights out. Yeah, man. Jets taking on Miami. Alex Gilhar, what do you got? Uh, Matt Forte in his last two games since coming back from injury, 13 catches on 13 targets for 100 yards. Uh, they're mixing up the. Wow, uh, the that's good. I know it's really great. So like they're mixing up the the rush attempts a lot, but yeah. Forte is providing, especially in PPR, a really safe, reliable floor uh, as a veteran. And this offense is, you know, surprisingly frisky with Josh McCown, Jermaine Curse, and Robbie Anderson leading. Right? Oh, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, tight end one Austin Safarian yeah. Jenkins leading the passing ASJ. attack. Put, put some Which, respect on that name. By the way, ASJ got into the end zone again. The dude is just on fire. Hopefully yeah. you, you picked him up because he is just uh, set it and forget it tight end one for the rest of the year. Which is crazy to say. I know, it's crazy. And it's we, a good story, too. It is a great story. Like, got sober, coming back, like he's been bounced around the league and in and out for a couple years, so it's great to see. And then we pretty much already touched on the Miami offense, so we can move along. Carolina in Chicago. French, what do you got? Ooh, this one, this was a weird game. So uh, Mitchell Trubisky completed four passes <laughs> the entire game, and the Bears got the win. The Bears' pass catchers are not viable fantasy assets with Trubisky. He's completed, I think, 15 passes his last two games. John, which, is, which is nice because they don't have any pass catchers. John Fox is still high off of that victory with <laughs> four completed pass attempts. He's got to be. 
Uh, what the hell? And the Bears had two defensive touchdowns in the first half, both scored by the same player, Eddie safety Jackson. Eddie Jackson, a rookie. 75-yard pick six and a 70-yard scoop and score and a fumble. First so, time ever in NFL history that they could find anyways that somebody has scored two 75-yard defensive touchdowns. Yeah, same player. Pretty good. Um, so the, right away the Panthers were behind the eight ball. Uh, and they just couldn't get it going. Cam Cam was bad. The the Carolina run game was awful. Uh, Jay Stu and McCaffrey each had 14 touches, and neither had over 48 total yards. Yikes. Um, Jordan Howard had kind of a rough day, 21 carries for 65 yards. It was a tough matchup. But Dude, is Christian, you know, McCaffrey, the volume. is Christian McCaffrey the running back version of Jarvis Landry? Oh, sure. Because he he's is getting – He's a great PPR back. I, that's what I'm saying. He's getting all these PPR points, but it's like, man, you look at the total yardage, it's – It's sad. I've been painfully disappointed by the whole Christian McCaffrey experience so far. Like, I feel – I definitely feel as if uh, we it, it's been underreported in fantasy how disappointing Christian McCaffrey is because everyone seemingly in the fantasy community loved Christian McCaffrey like coming a in. second-round draft pick. In you fantasy. know what I mean? Yeah. He, he and he's low key been not good. I he's, mean, especially in standard, forget about oh, yeah. yeah. Huge disappointment. He's been a floor play in, in PPR, which maybe that's why people aren't you know chirping about it too much. But from like I'm talking about from like a real life football impact perspective. Okay. There's just I mean, as a runner, it's just literally nothing there. Like I said to Marcus this week, like he's basically been like the poor man's Danny Woodhead like a less impactful version of Danny Woodhead, which is or sucks to say. And I know that Pan- the Panthers' run blocking has been horrible this year, and that might be part of it. Not good. And they're still running Jonathan Stewart out there. But, yep. it's been, I mean, make a play, buddy. Like, break a tackle. He doesn't, he doesn't break any tackles. Yeah, that's surprising to see, actually, because he was such a great uh, tackle breaker in college. But, yeah, all right. Uh, Cardinals taking on the Rams. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Well, I mean, the Cardinals offense, I think we touched on gross. Uh, for the Rams, I mean, the. Your Rams. My Rams can just throttled this team. Great to see. Uh, number two in slot receivers continue to bully the Cardinals. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods combined for 110 yards uh, and a score on nine catches. So that is something I think we'll see going forward. The Cardinals get over their next few games the 49ers, Seahawks, Texans, and Jaguars. So you can use those receivers, you know, depending on how they, where they line up against them. Yeah. Uh, this is a definitely, like, a, like I said, game plan specific offense. Jared Goff hasn't played well really the last two games. He has okay. just two touchdowns and averaged less than 6.5 yards per attempt in each of the last two weeks. One of those so, games was Jacksonville, though. That's very true. That's got, very a, true. got a rushing touchdown yesterday. That's also true. Uh, Threw the truck stick down at the goal line, too, <laughs> on somebody. <laughs> Skinny Jared Goff running through. So so uh, Sammy Watkins is interesting. He had three catches in this game. That is more than he had in the last three weeks combined, which oh. is horrendous to say. Oh. Uh, Los Angeles goes on its bye this week. Uh, it might be worth – just, I mean, because I think people will be willing to give him away, like you know, trading Tariq Cohen for for Sammy Watkins or something. I don't know. Uh, just I think in, I'd just, rather have Cohen. Yeah, right. Just in the just in the off chance that they they start to get him going, but the pass defense schedule doesn't open up. So really, mm, I don't know what you're looking. Yeah, for. they've got games on the road. I mean, New York. We've said we've been they've been beaten, but uh, Minnesota's looming in the distance too. Yeah. So mm. it's a, it's a mixed bag the rest of the way. So loom chives. Buccaneers. That's what I do when I'm looking in the distance. Buccaneers (laughs) in Buffalo. That's funny. Alex (laughs) Kelhar, what do you got? Uh, well, they there was uh, reports coming out of the uh, off season, the bye week for yeah. the Bills last week, that they were trying to revamp their run game, and True. we saw Shady McCoy look 
a lot better. Granted, it was against kind of a get-right defense, but yeah. Richie Incognito and other players said they went back to a lot of stuff they did last year to great success, so that's good news for Shady moving forward. And then on the Bills' side of the ball, it might be worth watching Deontay Thompson. All the Inferno. Got Let's cut. Go. He got cut by the Bears, signed yeah. with the team, and then only caught – he played minimal snaps. Uh, I should have looked that up. I remember looking it was, at it. It was less than 50%. Yeah, it was – Might was, have been less than 40 I think it was like 20-some percent. But So he was barely out there, but caught all four of his targets for 107 yards. And he was I making mean, plays, man. He was making plays. Like, yeah. it was it was very impressive. So – uh, I, the, it might not be worth like getting him right away and starting him, but somebody to watch, especially if his playing time moves, because Zay Jones. Oh, this as is, I tweeted this out. Just, just uh, for for this is like parental advisory. He's about to say. <laughs> yeah, and NSFW. So like, if you're in the if you're in the car with kids, like you, mute it. you might want to <laughs> pause the podcast for a little while. But on the year. Zay Jones has. Uh, oh, I went. I know what it is. It's seven catches on thirty-two targets for eighty-three yards. Thirty-two targets, seven catches. Like that's. You, you told that to me yesterday, and I was like, that, I was actually speechless. I can't even understand how that's possible. Very wow. bad. Very bad. It's rough, man. It is rough, rough, rough. So I would love to compare Zay Jones' numbers to Don Terry Poe's numbers. <laughs> what do you mean? Don Terry Poe's an elite quarterback. Yeah. He touchdown last Bro, <laughs> they play different positions. Oh, obviously. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, so so Deontay Thompson could be earning more playing time. Jordan Matthews did come back. But otherwise, we kind of touched up. We know what the Bucks' offense is, and – we can move on. Jags taking on Indianapolis franchise. I I, I apologize. I, I gave you this game, and I also gave you Baltimore, Minnesota. Very rude. <laughs> I definitely feel attacked. I opened this. I opened the rundown, and I was like, I'm under attack. I, right now. <laughs> Poe. I, I apologize. Attacking me from remote locations. Uh, Jags at Indy. What do you uh, got? Uh, yeah, so – uh, the Jaguars, Fournette was inactive, so the Jaguars had to lean on yeah. Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon, and they came through. Ivory had a touchdown, not a ton of yards. I think he only had nine standard points. Yeldon had the longest touchdown run of his I- career. Ivory had like 11 carries for like 20 yards or something. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was weird. Borderline offense. It was weird that they didn't go to him more, but the Jags still put up 518 yards of offense against Indy. It was a shutout. The Jags had 10 sacks against Jacoby Brissett, zero points allowed. Uh, Blake Bortles stepped up a bit. He had 330 pass yards, one touchdown pass. You know what was crazy? He had like 275 at like halftime. Yeah. yeah. It was insane. You're like, wait, wh- what? Alan Hearns had 100 yards in the game. There you go. Marquise Lee was making some plays, and sure. the Colts were just bad all around. We talked about Hilton and Brissett. Gore couldn't do anything. <sighs> they lost Malik Hooker, their really talented uh, oh, safety, to a that's a ACL and MCL. Their their pass defense right now is allowing like 312 yards per game. Yeah. So start quarterbacks and such against Woof. the Colts. I mean, yeah. Malik Hooker was uh, I think their first round draft pick. Yep. He was playing great. Uh, He's he like was one of the only good players. They that's drafted. what I'm saying. And our the defense was already bad. But Hooker was actually playing pretty well. Um, so, man, that's brutal to see that a sucks. young player like that tears ACL, man. They got and, a nightmare season. And, and it yeah. wasn't even – and it was it wasn't even really on the – you know what I mean? Like he got ran into by a different player that was kind of away from the ball. It's unfortunate. That sucks. Colts go on the road against Bengals and Texans the next two games. So. Ooh, Andy Dalton time next week. Yeah, yep, that's why he was on the waiver wire. Great streamer. Titans taking on Cleveland. What do you got, Matt Harmon? <laughs> well, I feel attacked because I said I did not want to talk about the Titans, <laughs> and I will you, not. Now you must. No, I will not. <laughs> you must. I will not. I will not talk about the Titans. I, mean, I already pew, said. Pew, pew. I already just move on. Like, yeah. There's really nothing to take. Just one note on really, Cleveland. They lost Joe Thomas for the year to uh, torn triceps, uh, and they have no idea. And they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, none. None. Can, I, can None. I just Zero. say that at Zero. one 
one point during this game with less than two minutes left, me and Harmon high fived when the Browns was it the Browns tying the game? Kicked a yes. field goal. When the Browns kicked a field goal to tie the game with like fifty four seconds left because we were rooting for overtime so that Marcus Mariota could actually get some fantasy points. So we could, and it did not happen. So that we could suck some last we were like, Yes, overtime Browns. Office. Like you were hoping what? for one of those OT like random eighty yard runs yes, to the house or something. Just, no, no, no. This was literally, all field goal. Literally I, anything. I was like, this game can end in a tie. I'm just, <laughs> I just want him to fill just up some empty something. production. Yeah. Just some empty points. production. Unbelievable. That was one of those moments. The high five that was just like, wow. What, what am is doing? what is what our life what coming? 2017, man. <laughs> yes. Dark times for all of us. <laughs> Dallas Christ. taking on the 49ers in the yay. Alex Gelhard, what uh, do you got? This game, Dallas got way ahead early, so that killed my uh, deep sleeper projection of Cole Beasley. Uh, oh. They had no reason to take to the air. Right. And especially when Dez is just a target monster this year. What was your stat for him in uh, the thing? Like, every game he's had at least eight-plus targets? Yeah, there's only one game I think he's had one game. than, so than eight targets. That was, I believe, against Arizona when, obviously, he was facing uh, Patrick Peterson, but I could be wrong. Dez has locked in volume, and Carlos Hyde, man, it was an awful game script for him, but he ran like a man possessed. He looked great. He's got a stranglehold on this featured back spot. Yeah. He's one of the few players in the 49er offense we can totally trust. I mean, we had been talking about or heard about, you know, Matt Breida, hot hand approach, Breida lies. getting more work. Lies. Yeah, it was a bunch of crap. All coach speak lies. Lies. I wish you wouldn't lied to me, Shanahan. Why are you lying, Shanahan? Yeah, no why you got to lie? tell you the truth. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Cincinnati taking on Pittsburgh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Lev Bell. That oh. franchise. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is the third third game, I think, in the last four that he's had over 30 carries. Are, are you a little worried, though, yes. about the workload? Because, there was, I, I mean, there yes. was no reason to give him that kind of workload, especially at the end of this game. There was a point in the fourth quarter with, like, maybe five minutes left, and the Steelers were just kind of just grinding the clock out. And I was like, put James Conner right. in. Like, Lev Bell does not need to keep getting the ball. You're up by two scores at least at this point. Like and Cincinnati showed nothing. And, oh, my God, Cincinnati in the second half, they had 19 total yards. No, they did not. Yes. Yeah, they did. What? 19 By yards. the way. Confirmed. Lev Bell total touches the last four games. 38 this week, uh, 35 the week before, 25 the week before that, 39 the week before that. It's an awful lot. Yeah, so he had 192 yards from scrimmage, I believe. Just a beast. Didn't get in the end zone. Uh, Antonio Brown scored a touchdown. Juju Smith scored a touchdown. They did did a fun celebration. Oh, that was great. And then Hide and seek, baby. The, there was a storyline yesterday morning that the Steelers wanted to get Martavis Bryant more involved, and his role would increase. So I put him into a lineup or two, Dude, and I think he news. had two or three touches and <laughs> didn't, too, man. didn't do anything. He's completely phased out I of his com- offense. I totally bought in on that like ridiculous coach speak, and yeah. I'm like, and I hated myself. For me, it. me too. Me too. Uh, I'm like, why did I do this? I yeah. took him out of the lineup. So stupid. And then you hear, oh, he, we're not subbing him out, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe squeaky wheel. Same. Okay. Okay, maybe they feed him. Although he did miss on one super deep shot that I actually thought he had a good chance on, but he just lost the ball. Yeah. He just lost the ball. Up That's the been the case all year, too. Guys, didn't he take a shot at Juju on Instagram? Yeah, he did. On Instagram. He deleted it, but uh, the, internet, the internet is there's, written there's in Artavis. That's the same thing that he did like during the draft when someone <laughs> tweeted, uh, tweeted like, oh, they just drafted your replacement about Juju. He's like, that's Sammy Coates' replacement, not mine. Which, to be fair, he was correct. Yeah, there, there are Sammy Coates of, currently plays for There are a lot of reports uh, on Twitter accurate. today that Martavis Bryant wants out. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. I think he wants out, and I think they want him out, too. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. And A.J. Green, disappointment, 41 yards. But when the the Bengals are putting up 19 yards and a half. Mixon, Mixon looked good, but they t- 
turned away from him. They didn't run the, They didn't line. do anything in the second half. The like Steelers, he had seven Steelers for 48. He had seven Steelers for 48 on the screw. ground, and then they're like, nah, Jeremy yeah, Hill. He had some nice Cheat runs. Uh, but the Steelers' defense is another storyline here. They're on fire. They're right they're fantastic. They're young and fast. So but good. Joe Mixon, buy low, man. Yeah, he's, he's still. Been, I, mean, I feel like we've been saying that for like four Joe weeks. Mixon, yeah. Really? Why? They have to turn over to him at some point. Why? Hill, Why? Yeah. Hill and Bernard combined. We're for halfway 50, through the season. Fifteen yards on seven carries. Mix, he is the clear lead back. Yeah, they he, just didn't do anything in the second half. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. I just don't think like he crowed depend, about it. Depends too. on what. Yeah, he did. He did. That's true. He, there are a lot. Of, a lot of people are unhappy. Uh, I just don't know what you're like. It's all you can buy. Just keep your expectations low. Right. I don't think I'm there's not saying there. he's gonna be a season winner, but like the odds are, like his production has merited more touches, and like the Bengals aren't like out of this. They have a decent record. They they're turning their season around since True. starting 0 and 3. Yeah. Uh, they've got good good matchups upcoming against the Colts, Jags, Titans, Broncos, blah, but Browns like. Four of the next five games could be good ones for uh, I, Mixon. I, I guess I just haven't yeah. honestly haven't been all that impressed watching Mixon. Well, I don't think he had some good well. runs. I don't. I just think he's been fine. I don't think he's given really given them any big incentive uh, other than like the other guys have given him incentive because they can't play uh, right. right now, like right. Jeremy Hill especially. Well, Jeremy Hill, yeah. But uh, I, I don't Gio's think he's made plays too. Yeah, Gio's been fine. I don't think he's given them any individual incentive to be like, yeah, we're going to run our offense through this guy. I think the O-line is still an absolute disaster yeah, zone. Yeah, that's true so too. So I just I, – I don't know, man. I, I understand. I think the talent level is there. It's just the situation for me is I'm just out on mixing, man. Yeah. Uh, Seattle taking on the Giants. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Doug Baldwin pretty much he, he recorded 12 targets in this game really yeah. was the only big note uh but he's been a volatile producer once again this year which he which he was last year That's what you get with him. Yeah, Baldwin has 3 games with less than 50 receiving yards, one with 62 and two more with 90 plus and a touchdown oh in those God. games. Oh my God, I've so. been trying to flip Jordy Nelson for Doug Baldwin straight up and no return no back at all. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's just what you get with him. And then Doug for, did look healthier in this game yeah. though. He had well, had yeah, that yeah. groin injury nagging him and he was making those those stupid Doug Baldwin cuts where he plants the leg and then the defenders go flying that way. And Isn't he's like, this what Bye. he does too? Second half surge. Let's Dude, I'm go. telling you, it's, it's, al- the whole it's almost November. Yeah. Seahawks about to catch fire, you know man. What I mean? it's, it turns in November so in about true. ten days, and except, then whew, this it, is what he does. Except for the run game. Yeah. yeah well, that was. <laughs> and, and and although the, Thomas Rawls, I thought Thomas Rawls looked okay. No. Wow. Oh. I, uh, he he's another he player had, I don't want to talk about. He actually, had a I, I get forgot. He, why, why not? Harmon? Get a little bit. Another one I don't want to discuss. And on on the should so, we talk about it? So on the Giants side, Are you sure you don't yeah, want to talk about, uh, about Thomas Rawls? So on the Giants side, uh, <laughs> Evan Ingram was uh, the target leader. Obviously, thirty-one point six percent of targets. You can expect him to do that all year. We yeah. need to see like the Giants face off against a better passing game matchup to see if there's any fantasy value from guys like Traveris King or especially Roger Lewis, who I think is is still interesting to me. But Sterling Shepard almost came back this. Week. Yeah, they yeah. held him out. He's right. he's the guy to get. It was a surprise. Yeah. For, oh, now. for sure. He, he yeah. it the the tenor of of it sounded like he was going to play, but then obviously they just I guess they just they probably to thought too they have a bye time. this week, so yeah. they were like it's not worth not risking worth. you right now, nope. re-injuring it. Right. Let's just like they did with like the Jags did with Fournette. Like there were reports yeah. early in the week that both were going to play, decided against it. It's probably smart on the team's part. I like it. Denver taking on LCH. Alex Gilhar, what do you got? Uh, the Denver offense is kind of broken right now. They and it it trickled down to all parts. I mean, they were missing Manny Sanders. All they were they were missing tackles. Like it didn't matter who was lining up against uh, Alan Barber at right tackle. Like they were just getting. I mean, especially when it was Joey Bosa, it was like snap, and he was like, "What's up, Trev?" <laughs> but like they were putting anybody over there, and it was it was a disaster. So yeah, that hurt the running game and hurt the passing game, and Trev's still banged up. So. They have a, a decent spot next week against the Chiefs defense, which is is very, very beatable. 
uh, but it's still concerning. Hard to trust. I know it's it's very it's very hard to trust. So yeah. like. C.J. Anderson did lead the way in the backfield and in a better game script probably would have put up. I think he averaged 4.4 yards per yeah, carry. But, I thought he looked good. But it's a it's, nine it's, carries. Yeah, it's nine nine carries is not a not enough to live on in fantasy. Like I said, nope. it might get better next week, but it's worrisome. And then on the Chargers side, I mean, Hunter Henry's an every week starter. Keenan Allen's still leading the way in the passing tack, and yeah. Gordon has the volume. So you there know you who go. to trust. You know who to go to. Stay. And they play the Patriots next week. So Mike Williams played 12 plays after 11 in his first game. Trending up. Should I pick him up? Trending Should up. Should I stash him? Ah, man. <laughs> Sunday night football, Atlanta taking on the Patriots. We all thought this was going to be a great barn burner of a game. A lot of fantasy assets all up and down this field. Get Sark out of here, man. It was uh, overhyped. How is – It was how, a terrible how, game. I, I'm just – I'm triggered. How <laughs> does Sark have this – Job. I, listen, confusing. I I believe in second chances big time, and and I understand that. But you shouldn't be able to fail forward. Like that's I just. Yeah. How does he have this job? Yeah. It was so terrible that that whoa the, the fourth down uh, fourth and goal play jet sweep yeah to Taylor Gabriel right. with no running back mm-hmm. with opposite motion right. What are you? Do- how is that even in the playbook? How is that a play on fourth and goal? Trying to what pull, are you doing? Trying to pull a fast one on Bill. That's fine. That's always worth But you got to have That's a running back going the other way. Yeah. I mean, it was just – It was silly. So I was so mad after that. I was, I was curious to read this nugget because um, the, the Sark offense has been incredibly frustrating uh, to watch for the Falcons because they have so many playmakers and aren't doing it. But uh, Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders had said he had had an interesting nugget uh, that he was going to publish this morning in his Audible's article. So here's yeah. here's the nugget. Okay. Uh that before the season, Sarkeesian had uh, Matt Ryan come in and told him, look, I know you have had something like six different offensive coordinators. I don't want you to have to learn anything new at this point. And he told Ryan that he could put together a playbook with his favorite plays from all the offensive coordinators he's played with. And that's the playbooks they're currently using. So it's not like an actual what? it's not an actual system. It's not like, you know, it's, like it's a scrapbook. It's a scrapbook, and that's probably why it's so frustrating and there's no consistency and yeah. none of the players can get into a rhythm, which was baffling because you watched that game on Sunday night and I was so upset cuz like the whole time I was like, why aren't they like targeting Julio? Why aren't they giving the ball to Devonta Freeman? The one drive they did, guess what? You marched right down the field like, yeah. wow, surprise. Right. You am- gave the ball to your top 5 back and top 5 wide receiver and they produced Shocking! I am so confused by it. Doesn't make any the sense. words that you just read. Like that is that is that is not like I mean none of we're obviously sitting here <clears throat> BSing about fantasy yeah, football, yeah, so none of anything. us are getting paid. None of us have ever yeah. ran an NFL offense. But yeah, like, yeah. speak for yourself. As much as <laughs> as much as we know from watching, Listen, and good evaluating the I'll game and you know reading a lot, reading a lot of books and stuff like this, that's that is, unusual. That is extremely unusual. Yeah. But, but look, the the, the two thousand said I said this to you guys at Gulp on Friday, uh, and reiterated it again when not drunk. Uh, like, the 2017 Atlanta Falcons have given us no reason to think they are a good team. No. And that extends and this, to their offense. This was supposed to be the game where Matt Ryan got back on track. The Patriots have given up 300 pass yards to every quarterback right. they faced. Right. He couldn't even no. get there. No. Well, if he's playing with the scrapbook he threw the play, one look, garbage I, I time touch. Finally, Julio Jones oh, finds the end That zone. was the angriest touchdown grab I've ever seen. Yeah. And he, like, like, spiked it. Like, what are you even celebrating? By the way, yeah, Matt Ryan. I get it, but. I mean, he was exercising some demons. I was going to say, I I, I don't know if that was a celebration spike. I mean, he Um, just snatched that out uh, of Butler's hands, man. It was crazy. Matt Matt Ryan broke that streak. He only had 233 yards, and he had 110 at the half thanks to, like, 40 garbage useless yards. Like, maybe trying to get a field goal. Complete garbage. It it was awful. Uh, Well, let's. Be fair, the Patriots p- were pumping fog into the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, does Belichick have control of that yeah. Geostorm yes. machine? Yes. I haven't oh. seen the movie yes, yet. Yes, he does. So I cannot confirm if okay. he was the it bad looked, guy or not. It looked like somebody was like a, it's like not a, in a cigar here. shop. <laughs> I know. Uh, Foggate 2017. It was. The, the, it was no. nice to see basically all, even in a game where the Patriots didn't like throw it a ton, but Hogan 71 yards, Cooks uh, 65 and a touchdown, and Gronk 51. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. It's yeah. pretty solid production from those three. For sure. No doubt about on it. A, on a regular basis. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daily daps. Okay. Alex Gelhar. First daily dap goes out to the NFL for changing the celebration. I feel we've talked about this a little bit. But my God, what a difference it makes. Like these guys are playing a game, they're having fun. Yep. Like and and now like the celebrations are phenomenal. Like the hide and seek was great. Uh, there were some weird ones, but like the duck duck goose, yeah. the Packers doing the the cool runnings bobsled, like yeah, that was awesome. hot potato, the baseball. Like these are fantastic. They're so much fun. They're creating these great social moments that people get in and want to share and talk about. Yeah. But like, let's go one step farther. NFL. Like, why is the goalposts off limits? Like, let that be in there. <laughs> what is, what is the harm? Why do we have to like? It's the most like it's the most NFL thing ever to yeah. be like. We're going to allow you guys to have fun, except this one random, irrelevant, inane detail. You cannot do that. Yes. That is off limits. I, that is too far. I disagree with you. I think it's sensible. And the Shut goal, up, man. The, the goalposts are sacred. <laughs> it's part of the sacred – it's I, one of the sacred monuments of the game. I'm not I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean I like the, of the game. I like the celebrations where you're like, wait, what? Uh, you try to, like, figure out what it is. Yeah, as it's, absolutely no As idea. it's coming yeah, together. And then, like, fun. the next day, you're fun. like, ah, oh, that right. makes so, sense. Good I'm excited. Idea. I'm excited to see what people come up with next because there have been some really fun ones and yeah. you know like guys are seeing it like oh that was good like we got to do something else one up. Uh, and then the other just quick daily dap is I had had the game Red Dead Redemption I know Harmon's a big fan of it on my <sighs> shelf for literally years Such and on one. Friday I finally popped it in and started playing a little bit it's very fun it's a really cool game uh, if you haven't played it yet go check it out because the sequel is coming out soon. yeah I have Perfect. not bought a video game I think in like five years running now and okay. just don't really play them other than Mario Kart, which is not a video game. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a way of life, yeah. Uh, but I might buy <laughs> Don't that. you laugh, James. It's, yeah, it's not a joke. <laughs> Don't Mario, you dare laugh at Mario listen, Kart. Honestly, I'm a, little I... up, I'm a little upset that the sacred goalposts and the, <laughs> the holy game of Mario Kart have been insulted here in back-to-back moments. But pushing forward, might actually buy that Red Dead Redemption oh, sequel. Oh, man. All right. We'll stay with you, Matt Harmon. What do you got? So I got two daps as well. Uh, one, I want to give a daily daps to the people who edit and produce the hipster segment on the NFL Blitz show, which we also now have the ability to share and tweet out. Which Dude, it's so good. Like, all franchising I do is write the script. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Dylan Milner, the producer of that whole show, for letting me say Dion effing Lewis. On right. right. <laughs> that Hot was air. awesome. I did not expect that to get through on the script. We put it in the Google Doc as a joke. Yeah, just to Dylan keep, just like, keep no, on his toes. In. He's like, yeah, let's do it. No. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Career highlight. But anyways, nice. uh, the whole the whole thing is like there are th- literally like I think three edits I think in there like that the the team put in that just made me laugh out loud because yeah. they're just doing a great job. So daily daps to them for sure. Thanks for making us actually look good uh, while we just be idiots. And my second one goes out to Vampires Kiss. Uh, yes, <laughs> Alex. I was hoping a, you would dab. What is Alex? Ha- oh my God, oh. James! <laughs> it's a religious experience. What? A lot of lot of weird uh, religious experiences. It's getting spiritual at the end it's of the podcast. Getting spiritual, <laughs> uh, but vampires kiss. So I can't really put it into words. But all I'll say is it is a Nick Cage. Uh, Fiasco. The way I describe it is it's <laughs> it's, it's his magnum opus of craziness and overacting, but but 
it, like it, it's beautiful. The, the, you, it is something you have to take in and experience. It's one of my favorite movies to watch. Yeah, Alex Marcus and I watched it uh, on Friday. Alex obviously seen it before, but Marcus and I had not. And throughout the movie, Alex kept saying like, "It gets better." And I was like, "No, no, no, it can't. You, you, it cannot get more outrageous than that." But you know what? It did. It like, did. It's so it's bat it's, it's bat s crazy from the opening. Like yeah. literally bat. Literally, bat yeah, crazy. you're right. But it just it just goes off you, and it yeah. it surprises you and amazes you and it's hilarious and you have to watch it. Yeah, I you, love it. Yeah, no more. Like I can't. You can't even tell anybody the plot yeah, of it because no. it will, you'll be like, how is that a movie? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Just but watch it. It's, just trust it's, me. It's <laughs> trust me on this one. Matt Franchise, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna daily daps two things. Okay. One is an album by female artist named Jess Katy Perry. Oh, sorry. Ar- Ariana Grande? Top 40 uh, chance? Let's move on. I feel attacked. Okay. <laughs> Close the show. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Please actually say your dad. Jessie Ware. Jessie Ware. She's a British female singer, and she has the voice of an angel. She put her third album Beautiful. out last week. Check out it's her. another spiritual it's called, reference. It's <laughs> voice of an angel. I'm serious. It's called uh, Glass House. Okay. Uh, so check that out. And then I was watching last week's Shark Tank last night. Okay. And one of the last deals, this dude comes on, and he's like, He's like yoked. He's ripped, and he's doing this. This like it's basically like the Yeti version of a shaker bottle, like what you have here. Yeah, but one that like stays cold. Okay, and he was speaking, and I was like, Ooh, I need one of those. He sounds like he's talking the way Rob Gronkowski talks, and he's like, I'm the smallest dude in my family of all these dudes, and he's like, now I'm gonna bring out some people you might know. And all the Gronk, he's a Gronk, Chris oh, Gronkowski. All the I Gronks see. come running out, nice. like oh, like cheering and stuff, and like yeah. And then they play flip club. Flip Cub with all the sharks and Rob Gronkowski just out there being an idiot, and it was a really fun moment. I was like, "Oh, sick!" I, I love, I love synergy. Uh, Shark Gronks. Tank crosses with NFL, and then he made a deal with Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez. Oh, the Gronks! And, you know, they'll, they're all rich, so whatever. Yeah, but it was just hell? a fun moment to yeah. see Gronk on TV. Uh, producer Chris, what do you got, guys? I want to give a dab to a gentleman named Jonathan Smith. He was a Jonathan shooting Smith. victim in the Las Vegas attacks mm. a few weeks ago, and. He's a hero, man. He he rushed to save his nieces and nephews out to safety. He went back to the lawn to save more people, and he was shot in the neck. Oh, man. He uh, He's a lifelong Chargers fan, and he came to practice on Friday and broke the team down in the huddle, and uh, he was uh, acknowledged at the game on wow. Sunday. Wow, cool. And just a, he's a hero, man. It was, it was awesome, awesome to, to have yeah. him out of practice and, cool. and be acknowledged at the game on Sunday. So shout-out to Jonathan nice. Smith. Man. That nice. is great. Um, I'm going to give a uh, daily daps to uh, a trio – uh, a holy trinity, if you will, of uh, tweets. Wow, more <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> that one, J- J- James definitely played that way. He 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 was calling a shot there. He knew it. <clears throat> uh, first, uh, Fernando Jacinto, who gave us the bird alert gif. Nice. Yes, good call. I totally forgot to bird alert. That, <laughs> that was very very good. I will give a daily dap out to Marshawn Lynch, riding the Bart home, or excuse me, as the Yeri people call it, riding Bart home because I'm not allowed to call the Bart. Really? Yeah. I, it's it's because Southern California people, we always say, oh, hey, you got to take the 405, yeah, 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 yeah. take the 110. And everyone's like, why do you keep saying the in front of the freeway? I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. That's just what we do here. So yeah. uh, Marshawn Lynch taking the Bart home. Um, was, Bart. You said the. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch taking Bart home. There you go. <laughs> uh, that sounds weird. Just stick with the. I okay. like it better. Uh, which was great. Home? Bart is, by the way, is Bay Area Rapid Transit. It's their right. subway system right. there in the Bay Area. But, um, but he took the – to, took Bart home, and I can't even do it. Um, and it was it was lit. Was it filmed? Yeah, it was filmed. Oh, cool. It was awesome, man. Awesome. There's so many cell phone videos. He, he, oh, all it right. was him leading an F the Chiefs yeah. chant. Oh. It was oh. it was him teaching people how to pop their collars properly. 
It That's was amazing. Just, dude, it was it was Which amazing. oh wait, that reminds me. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off for the Marshawn. I don't know if it was from his uh no script show or whatever, but my buddy sent me a clip of Marshawn was in the studio with Star Wars. They were playing scenes from the original trilogy, and then they'd have they'd mute the audio and have Marshawn say whatever he wanted oh my God. into the scene. So it was like the he Marshawn was voicing Darth Vader when oh he does God. the force choke on the guy in the first one. I was like in tears oh laughing. Oh, I got to see Yeah, because then I need to see I'll, I'll, I'll dig up the link and I'll tweet it out. But <laughs> oh then God. they play it with I his audio, that. so it's all the guys like the Rebel Alliance, blah, 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 and Marshawn's just being Marshawn, <laughs> and it's so funny. Awesome. Still, still, still a really fun guy, Marshawn Lynch, despite Indeed. the fact he's the third best back on his team. Got okay. ejected. Oh, wow. I mean, you really just have to take a shot. Woo, no woo, woo, I, mean, woo. I thought we were taking non football takes here. Oh, I mean, sorry. I'm I'm always a professional. <laughs> Fake news. Let's I talk about Eric Decker, then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's the show, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about that team again? <laughs> Finally, uh, Alex Gellhar, you'll appreciate this. Uh, Shout-outs to Daily Daps to James Jones, yeah. who is now part of the NFL Network staff. He is part of uh, NFL Players Only. Great show, by the way. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on NFL Network, uh, following NFL Fantasy Live on Friday. So nice. there you go. Um, but – one of the first – I'll share a story. So I, I saw James Jones in the locker room. I said, James, I'm a big fan. Um, introduce myself. It's it, This is a name drop, but it all <laughs> figures in the story. I said, hey, James Jones, hey, nice to meet you. I'm James Coe. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, and literally the next word out of my mouth was, bruh, where's your suit hoodie at? <laughs> and, he, and he starts laughing, and he's like, what? I'm like, dude – the one thing we need, I was like, I like you and everything, but the one thing we need, we need a suit hoodie. Yeah, that would be amazing. Guess what? Did he wear he did one? It. He did it. He got a custom suit hoodie. Oh, my God. I didn't know made you for him. requested that. That's amazing. And yeah. he got it done. That's awesome. Yeah, it's hilarious. And he is wearing a legit suit hoodie <laughs> on air. <laughs> the hoodie the g- supplied him with many a touchdown. It was amazing. That's James awesome. Jones wearing a suit hoodie. That's so sick. That is pretty sick. <laughs> that is pretty sick. Which, so for those go. that don't remember, yeah. James Jones, when he came back to the Packers after bouncing around a couple other teams, like made he had a, it was like a Thursday night game or something. It was the first time he wore the hoodie. Yeah. And he, like totally balled out. And everybody's like, you can't take the hoodie off ever. And he was like legitimately wearing the hoodie with like no sleeves and like yeah. Arizona and stuff like yeah. that too. No, no. I, I was trying to I was trying to explain the the hoodie to to my wife. And she's like, who cares? Uh, yeah. And, I'm like, and then she's like, this looks stupid. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, this I'm like no, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah and so don't was, get it. No, because yeah. it was a situation. He was in the twilight of his career. I think that was literally his last year in the league. Last year or two, yeah. Uh, sure. And and he was he was kind of sort of not really doing much. And then he puts the hoodie on because it's cold. Yeah. And, and it was weird. It's a weird look, right? Because no one's really done that before, right? Yeah. He catches two touchdowns in that game, goes without the hoodie. The next week, does, does nothing, puts the hoodie back on, as you mentioned. I think this was – I think you're right. I think it was in Arizona. Yeah, and then it was like a hot game, and he's like, I'm st- still wearing I'm it. I'm putting the hoodie on, can't and he catches the, another touchdown. Can't argue the trends. And, Trend. and this was – that was trends. the legend yeah. of the James Jones. There was Jones an hoodie. article on uh, NFL.com, James Jones. Hoodie is now a good luck charm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he got a suit hoodie made. For his show, I was I was right. It was Arizona. Yeah, it was a game against the Vikings. Uh, he had had it donned on, and then we were going to Arizona, and he still wore it. That's amazing. That is hilarious. Awesome. Anyways. Oh yeah, we have wait. So per NFL Go. research, uh, at the time of the article, he was averaging 5.3 catches and 78 yards per game with the hoodie versus <laughs> two catches and 45 yards without. <laughs> wow. The trends. That's Let's amazing. Go. It was real. It Can't was argue. Real. 
Uh, but yes, James Jones in the suit hoodie, man, that was legit. I think I inceptioned him, inceptioned him into getting the suit hoodie. So that's great. So I'll, I'll pull a Matt Harmon and Dale adapts myself. Nice, nice. All right, so there you go. That's the Feels show. Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> man, get me out of here. For Matt Harmon, for the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, and for Matt Franciscovich and producer Chris, I'm James Coe. See you. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.